Hello and welcome to the Endgame Heroes podcast, a weekly podcast where two best friends talk about the things they love like movies, TV shows, and video games sometimes. My name is Kyle. I'm your host this week, joined as always by my best friend, Jack. Hey, hi. How are you? I am good. How are you? Oh, you know, hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It's been a week, but we do have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we got some, you know... Mario movie uh, reviews are in. Movie came out today. We have not seen the movie yet. We will be seeing it within the next week. So next week's podcast, we will be talking about the Mario movie. Um, But we do have some news topics to talk about, like the fact that HBO is going to possibly seemingly be doing a Harry Potter HBO reboot for a TV show, uh, one book per season. We have a bunch of movie trailers to talk about. And then we will be reviewing Tetris and Dungeons and Dragons for this week. So let's hop right into things with the Harry Potter news. Jack, what do you think about that? I literally wanted to vomit into my own mouth and then choke on it and die whenever I saw this. And like, bear with me because Dungeons and Dragons isn't until later. But let me tell you the toxic barbarian rage that I feel <laughs> whenever I like I saw this news and like I saw this news from like a lot of different sources that were like corroborating and confirming it. I was like, Oh God, this is definitely not like an April fool's thing. I don't even remember when it dropped, but like, I just remember being really angry when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, we've got into detail about like uh, Harry Potter and like how hard it is to like reconcile being a fan of the franchise with like the person behind it. And you know, it's like it, it Put all of that aside that, you know, they released a game that has done pretty well so far. It's been pretty well acclaimed from like just a purely like, is this fun perspective? Um, But if you just look at the movies, like they made so much money off of these movies. They have a theme park, I'm pretty sure, like Orlando or something like that. Yeah. And they have like a spinoff trilogy of movies like the Fantastic Beasts trilogy um, which I'm pretty sure like I could like, I don't know, like, I'm pretty sure I could take my iPhone and film like a short film and make more money than the third one did. I don't even did it just go straight to DVD. I don't even remember it releasing into theaters. Um, it released um, into theaters and then I believe immediately to HBO Max, like right after. And then we actually tried watching it because I thought the second one was OK, um, not great, just OK. And uh, so, like, okay, sure, I'll watch this third one. It's on HBO. It's kind of free. And we made it 15 minutes in and turned it off. Ooh, that's painful, especially because I know how big of a Harry Potter fan your wife is. Yeah, you should have saw her face. So uh, I was in bed the other night scrolling through Twitter, and I see the announcement for the Harry Potter show. And I'm like, I just showed her my, my phone. And she gets all excited for a second because she sees the picture. I, I believe it was like discussing film, and it showed right. the original cast at the young age. And it was like, oh, Harry Potter reboot, you know, all that. And she got so excited thinking that the original cast was coming back. I'm like, no, no, no. This is a complete from the ground up starting over point. New kids, everything. This is not the cursed child sequel that we thought we might get. This is brand new. And while I like the idea of having eight or so hours per book to record, the movies were pretty solid, especially like the first three book wise are very close and it's kind of funny. The uh, the shortest movie is the longest book for the franchise. Order the Phoenix was the yeah. shortest movie at the franchise and is, I think, by page the longest in the series. 
Is it really? Is it longer than seven? I remember seven was a hefty chonker. They're very close. I could be wrong in the specifics, but I do know for sure that the fifth one is the shortest movie for sure. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. That it's, it's like, can we not just like, can we not just let this, let it lie? Can we not let this property just exist as it is? Did they, did the people over at Warner brothers literally learn nothing from how abysmal I'm assuming the Fantastic Beasts movies have like put out at least the last, I'm assuming two of those three movies did. Cause I remember I, I didn't even see the second one. I saw the first one. Uh, and like you with the second, I was like, this is fine, but I, it wasn't good enough to like warrant me wanting to go back and watch the second one. And then I didn't even know the third one existed yep. until I remember I saw the the jackass four movie with oh, like my gaggle of idiots like <laughs> at at just like the the cinemark or whatever before i moved and we saw a poster for it hanging up and i remember i looked at it it was like what's that poster for mm-hmm. and then like and then my friend was like i think that's a harry potter thing <laughs> and I'm like they're still making those oh my oh. god that's terrible yeah looking yeah, at this, uh, uh Pulling up Wikipedia really quick uh, for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. The first one in the series with a budget of around two hundred million dollars, box office eight hundred and fourteen million. So respectable, not bad. Yeah. Moving on to the sequel, two hundred million dollar budget, six fifty four million take home. And okay. then fo- what, what year did that come out? What year did the uh, second one? Come second out? one came out in two thousand eighteen. Okay, uh, the no- reason I asked November eighteen. Okay, yeah, it's it's just so hard now. Like whenever we we're looking at like box office numbers when we're discussing films, the year really matters just because of COVID and how detrimental that was mm-hmm. for a lot of them. So I, I couldn't remember where that came out. So 2018 before all of that. Yep. So it's it waned a little bit, but it's yeah. not like awful. I remember too critically, it was reviewed harder than the first one. Uh, I actually enjoyed it more personally, even though I don't think it's a good movie. I think it nailed the Harry Potter tone better. I I mean, I think Mm -hmm. David Yates directed it, all of them. And I felt like that one felt like a Harry Potter movie. Um, Now, moving on, he did all of them, I believe. He did, uh, so movie-wise, from the original Harry Potter, he did five, six, seven, part one and two. So he did four of the eight movies. And he did all three Fantastic Beasts. So Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, the third one. Budget of $200 million again, box office of $407 million. came out April, oh. April 2022. So, I mean, for a COVID movie, it's not a terrible box office return. But critically, if I remember right, this movie tanked hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that, that I feel like is just evidence enough. Like, let it go, man. Let it, let it just stop. Just like, there's no reason for this. Just yeah. Like, I don't want to see, like, a new little Harry Potter child actor. It's not going to be Daniel Radcliffe. It's probably, like, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm speaking out of turn here. But, like, statistically, it's probably going to ruin that kid's life for <laughs> a lot of their childhood and, like, through their teenage and young adult years. Like, it, child actors, man, like, they crack under pressure a lot because, yeah. like, I can't imagine being, like, I don't know, let's say, like, 14 and being worth, like, millions and millions of dollars being the face of this like crazy popular franchise dude that would drive anybody to start mainlining drugs that is so much pressure like that is that's ungodly yeah and it's happened so many times over the course of 
these TV shows and movies, all these Disney Channel kids stars. Like, have you seen all like the Selena Gomez stuff? Like, my yeah, wife dude, loves Selena, and you know she had that documentary release uh, recently on Apple TV Plus, and it was heartbreaking from everything I've heard about it. My wife is a big fan, so she relates to all the anxiety and stuff that she goes through, and just kind of feels for. And the documentary was filmed over the course of years. So it's just, it's not anything new and all these kids, they get all this fame and this money. They don't know what to do with it. They're pressured. Their parents are basically forcing them to do it. It's not good. And on top of everything, it did say that JK Rowling is going to be involved in some capacity, which. Oh, instant that, block. Yeah. Me. That right there is just like, she wrote the books. Sure. They were great. I, we've talked about how we enjoy the books. But in today's world, unless if she suddenly becomes a better person, apologizes for everything she said, she needs to stay away from that franchise because she's only going to hurt its public reception. I think she's dug her heels in too deep at this point. There's just no shot at her like trying to apologize or even pretend to be like more understanding at this point. Like what what year is it right now? I'm looking at my computer with a little date in the corner of my monitor. Does that say does that say 2023, Kyle? Can you can you back me up there? Is I can't that... I can confirm it is uh, April 5th, 2023. Yeah, it is 2023. All right. We do not need this lady to still be relevant in any way, shape, or form in society. She is a figurative dragon sitting on a hoard of gold. Just let her be in her her dank damp smelly little <laughs> transphobic like piece of crap cave on her own counting her gold on her own don't interact with her don't feed the trolls that's like internet rules number one don't feed the trolls don't feed this person don't give her any fuel just ignore her and like just let this just let this die and it's heartbreaking that it's hbo too yeah. just because like we know they put out bangers so like objectively this is probably going to be good and that's yeah. heartbreaking, yeah. you know, like, one of the, dude. the, one of the interesting things that I read about for this property or this rumored property coming up is that it's not going to be HBO max labeled. It's going to be HBO proper labeled. And there comes behind that label a very, like that says something that means it's HBO that's premium quality television right there. So they, they're going to go big on this. I have no doubt that's not going to happen. It will happen. It's a matter of time, and I think we'll start hearing about it a lot more in the next nine to 12 months. But one thing I do want to say, you know, about all that, because clearly we, we don't like J.K. Rowling and the stuff she stands for. You know, our podcast is new. We're, we're basically nobodies right now. We're just two friends hanging out talking. We do want to build a positive community around us if we are able to. So yes. everything that we are saying comes out of a point of we just want everyone to be good to each other. We care about everyone. Positive vibes only here, please. As far as if people are doing the wrong things, which I truly believe JK Rowling is doing wrong things and she needs to not profit off of this anymore. She needs to sit back and just like you said, sit in a cave and just on top of her gold pile and just let it be, let other creatives take over and actually grow. Cause She's done. There's not much she can do to ever come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you pretty much summed that up pretty well. We had a conversation about this, like off screen about like how, like 
you know, some of the news is just like, oh, man, I feel like I'm going to be really toxic for a minute. And that's not like I don't want to be like one of these like rage clickbait type of things for it. But like sometimes you see something and you just get real angry. Like it's like if I see like a Nazi flag or something oh, like yeah. that, it's just like, oh, you you are just a terrible person and you have no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And I hope that you die <laughs> alone and your kids never learn how to read, you know, like, cause they don't deserve the joy of anything that reading gives you. Yeah. And we can't help but feel certain emotions. We're people. So yeah. if things are in the news that do upset us, we're going to be transparent and honest about it. We'll try and keep as much positivity on it as we can. But at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to support anything she touches. But uh, I think to move on to my favorite part of this week, um, yeah. There, there were what four or five solid movie trailers that dropped that we're going to quickly talk about. And actually, I didn't mention this to you. I want to kind of rank trailer of the week. So uh, let's, let's go okay. through uh, each trailer real quick. It's kind of quick rundowns of what we thought about them. Um, starting with the week we had on Sunday night during the NBA, which Marvel seems to do this a lot now with NBA games on Sundays is drop new trailers. So they dropped Secret Invasion. It was about a two and a half minute trailer. Uh, we had gotten a tease before, but this is our first real look at it. What did you think? Uh, so I'm pretty sure that they've got like some sort of a deal with the NBA because of like the, it's also owned by like ESPN. Yeah, and that's and, like, Disney. That's also Disney. So I'm pretty sure that's probably where that deal. Oh, you asked. You were you probably meant about the trailer. Huh? <laughs> I, I yeah. did. I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, Secret Invasion. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I so one of my favorite Marvel movies is still easily to this day, winter soldier. Yeah. Um, preaching to the choir here that is probably yeah. my favorite, if not in my second or third. Yeah. And so like, I really love like the, the like spy thriller genre as a whole and like winter soldier, it's like spy thriller, but with superheroes. And it's like, yo, this is, this is what I want. And this seems like it's going to be like more of that, but my main concern is it, it seems like, you know, like we're going to get some scrolls. We're going to have uh, a lot. It seems like a lot of, of Nick Fury. He's easily the centerpiece of this. And yeah. like, we'll just, we'll see like how the shield people like support him around that. Like, uh, like Maria Hill and some of these other characters that I, know, I don't remember the names of. Yeah. Rhodey shows up at one point. We've got oh, yeah. um, uh, Everett Ross from the black Panther movies is showing up. There yeah. is uh, the returning scroll friend from Captain Marvel. So there, there's a good supporting cast. We got first look at Amelia Clark playing her role, which she has been confirmed. She has a scroll also. So they're Ooh, the, I'm excited for that. The cast is very good. I think the show has potential to be good. We had talked about previously in, in past episodes how we want Marvel to slow down. And originally this show was supposed to come out in the spring and Loki was going to be the summer. And I think now that we have this June release date for this, I think they pushed it to hopefully further polish and make this special because it needs to be, honestly. The budget needs to be there with all these transformations with scrolls and everything. They they can't half-ass this. They need to really make Disney Plus shows be must-watch. And I think this one should be must-watch. You're talking Nick Fury you know, in the scroll secret invasion, that is a huge comic book storyline that could theoretically have some huge reveals for the MCU at large. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And like, I guess 
like we and we just talked about like on our soapbox how we don't want to be like overly <laughs> negative but i gotta call certain things out as i see them like you were saying like they can't half-ass this they have to whole ass it you know mm-hmm. and um one thing that i am worried about and like I don't know. Maybe it's just because John Wick is still just like so fresh in the mind of like seeing these actors like being able to like do the majority of their own like stunt work and choreography work. Um, you know, obviously it's a spy thriller, so there doesn't have to be like a whole lot of action. A lot of it can be like just sort of like the intrigue, the suspense, uh, the build up and things like that. But it's also a Marvel property. So there have to be like some, you know, big budget set pieces and Samuel Jackson, he's getting up there in age. He's yeah. he's 74 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 31 and I threw out my back like because I slept on it wrong. <laughs> so it's like it, it's like it, it, I want to make sure that we're like being smart with like what we are like getting um, and like what we are expecting out of it. So like, you know, I, I, I don't I don't I'm not super hopeful for this show even though i really want to be because secret invasion is such a cool storyline in the comics and it just had so many like wtf moments as you're reading and you're like oh my god this changes the very fabric of my understanding of reality like in in the non-fictional world like (laughs) my i like i just like i just big brain like transcended humanity reading this fictional comic just because it was so hype and uh the fact that it's being relegated to a tv show I hope it's not a detriment to the adaptation yeah. because that is oftentimes the fear with this type of thing. You know, like this feels more like an Avengers storyline, not a Nick Fury straight to Disney plus TV show. Yeah. And they've made some weird calls. Uh, A friend of mine texted me like complaining that there's no Avengers and they specifically called out. He's not calling on the Avengers for this task. That's his story for Nick Fury in the trailer. He points out, you know, one last ride or something like that. Do you think this is Sam Jackson's sunset to fury based off of the trailer and all of the wording? Yes. A hundred percent. And I think that would make sense too, especially because like, again, like this man has been Sam Jack. He's been, (laughs) I mean, he's he's been been Sam Jackson for 74 years. Yeah, he has been he has been Samuel L. Jackson for 74 years and he has been Nick Fury for like th- the same amount of time 15. that Tony Stark was Iron Man mm-hmm. since tw- like 2008. Yeah, it's 15 uh, years now. 15 years. Yeah. So like he's he's been that character a lot. And granted, like it's it's a smaller character in terms of like he's not like the top build star of like any sort of individual movie, but he's in a lot of the movies as like supporting cast. And like you got to figure that that wears on him like. You know, he does other things, too. So it's yep. like this. This feels like a proper send off. You know, I, I I guess I just kind of imagine it like I project myself a lot as like the curmudgeonly old man. of just <laughs> like, dude, just let me let me retire. Let me rest. Let me go off to like my farm with Amazon Quantum and Google Fiber where I could just never leave my house like the filthy little like hermit degenerate that I am. For our listeners. So like, you got to figure he's tired. For our listeners who don't know us, uh, Jack is younger than I am. I'm the older one in the podcast here. So just throwing that out there by like two years. You wouldn't maybe, know it. Yeah. Because you're what? You said 31? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm 31. I had a birthday. Yeah. I, I'll be 34 this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm for sure older than you. 
Just get it in the coffin, Kyle. <sighs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Well, so uh, moving on to what I think I was really excited for going into, and I am still excited now after seeing the trailer, Blue Beetle had its first trailer uh, giving us a good look at the character, giving us a good look at at, at uh, Zolo or Sholo. Zolo. Zolo. Okay. Zolo. He okay. Uh, famously Miguel from Cobra Kai. That's what everyone should know him from. We got a nice trailer, uh, a tone piece that the comedy, I think, hit for me personally. I love the way the suit looks. I think the trailer did everything for me that I wanted it to. One of my question marks going in was George Lopez. Like, he can be really hit or miss. And he was so funny in this trailer and the special effects actually looked good. I mean, the trailer ended with freaking blue beetle creating a buster sword from final fantasy. Like that was awesome. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm so here for it. It is yeah. so sick. Is it going to be a good yeah. movie? Probably not. Like, I mean, it, I mean, it, it might be fun. I, I hope it's good enough to warrant this character to move on to the James Gunn universe. 100%. That's exactly where I'm at, too. Just because, like, we know that this is not a part of, like, the DCU going forward with James Gunn as of right now. Like, it's it's not any of the, like, announced properties that he's working on or, like, in, like, what what, what does he call it? Gods and Monsters? Monsters and Gods? Yeah, I think it's Phase, phase, one. phase One's Gods and Monsters. And then, like, yeah. you have the DCEU, which is, or the, not EU, but the, uh, like, the Elseworlds. Black Label stuff. Yeah, Elseworlds is, like, the Batman and Joker and he's made weird comments about Blue Beetle kind of being coy if it's part of it or not. It is loosely tied. We did get a Batman as a fascist joke at the end of the trailer, which was fantastic. Again, yeah. George George Lopez, I think, made this trailer even better than it was. Because, I mean, the scene where, you know, Miguel, well, Miguel, uh, Jami Reyes <laughs> is getting taken over by the Scarab for the first time. It looks like it's murdering him. So, like, with a yeah. different music tone piece, that would be a straight up horror movie. But you you have George Lopez with this super girly scream and like uh, it just it was it I guess I didn't nail everything it needed to for me there was a point in the kind of the middle where it lost me a little bit with like Susan Sarandon showing up and like the them explaining what the scarab is like yes it's no one knows who Blue Beetle is unfortunately he's a very unpopular overall like populist character but nerds like us love Blue Beetle um, Young Justice season two is an amazing blue beetle story. I hope we can maybe see that on the big screen one day, not in this movie, obviously, but if we get to move forward and see the reach, the black beetle, all that stuff, it'd be great. The reach would be sick. That would be another one that I'd want to put on like my bucket list. If Mm -hmm. I ran DC, I think that'd be a really cool way. The only reason where like, why I didn't want to do that is because I think Young Justice did such a good yeah. job, like with that story already. So it's like, uh, I want to like move on. Like, that's why I don't want to do like the Phantom Zone. Like we just had them with Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, yeah. This trailer hit for me overall. I, I think the I think the biggest hurdle that this movie is going to face is the fact that like. I honestly, I like, and this kind of goes to like a lot of the lower numbers that we're seeing for Shazam 2 also is that like, I think a lot of people are just fatigued on superheroes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, like if you want to talk about like people like us that specifically really like superhero properties, I think a lot of us are fatigued on DC specifically because like, like we're very in tune, you know, we've got our ears to the ground. If you're listening to this, you're also very in tune with it. You know, you're reading articles or like seeing these headlines or listening to people like us talk about them. 
so you're in the know and it's like we know that a hard reset is right around the corner like it's literally happening this year with flashpoint so it's like a part of it is is in my mind is like well what's the point of watching this then if mm-hmm. it's just gonna go away and not matter moving forward yeah. and i feel like james gunn playing coy with the blue beetle character is kind of his way of being like you know, if there's enough excitement and those numbers perform well enough, then we will absolutely like keep Blue Beetle in there. But yeah. if his movie tanks, we'll just sunset him and do new characters, which I think would be really a detriment to the genre. Because like we've seen a little bit of it from Marvel here recently of like getting more diversity and like more diverse characters and storylines. And like, that's something that I'll applaud them for. They mm. haven't done a super great job with like certain things, but that's another episode. Ironheart. Um, but, yeah. And uh, <laughs> other things too, but again, another episode, let's not tangent just yet. Um, but, and so like, that's something that I will always applaud a studio for like taking a risk or a chance on something that like statistically is either like unproven or, you know, like, let's be real here. A movie that is focused around people of color, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it generally can be risky for this type of thing, especially when they're going for like a big action blockbuster type of deal. Um, so the fact that they are doing that, it, 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 it's kind of like how, uh, I, I don't know if we've talked about this on air or not, but like anytime you get like a studio that like really rolls the dice on just like a completely random thing and then it and it's like really good, like we have to support that yeah. because that is the only way that we will get more things like that, you know, <laughs> like otherwise it's just back to cookie cutter formulas, super like easy to recognize. Like it's not even foreshadowing. They're literally just telling you the thing is about to happen in this next scene. And then it happens. And like, if we want to have like more diverse stories, then we, we really need to try to support it. And it'll be a lot easier to do if it's good. But at the very least, the trailer looks funny. I think tonally the trailer was way better than the trailer that we had for Shazam two. Um, and I, I just want this movie to be fun. And I guess what are you like, thinking about I the could, suit? I thought it was cool. I liked the like sort of like the particle effects whenever he was like spawning the wings yeah. or like the blades on his hands. I really liked it. it. It was still very clearly CG, but like the Blue Beetle suit yeah. like is very like that. Yeah. That is that is hard to build in real life. So, so it, it makes sense. A lot of that is not CG, though. So they filmed that mostly with him in an actual like Super Sentai Power Ranger style costume. So he oh, is wearing okay. that and uh, they are enhancing with CG. But that is a real suit. And that was one of the things that they really were going for. So the fact that you okay. thought it was CG is actually, I think, a good thing to them because it, I, I think it looks really good. Um, one thing too, I wanted to bring up, and you might know this, you might not. I'm not sure, but um, apparently, you know, Blue Beetle was supposed to be a, a show originally, and then um, James Gunn got involved a little bit, and I think it was a, at one point going to be an HBO Max movie, but now it's getting that full theatrical run. So at some point, James Gunn was involved at something with this. So whether he had some small tweaks to make to make sure that it's coy enough to be able to work in the, the new DCU. If it does well enough, I hope so. Cause like they did state, you know, in this movie, a trailer at the end, you know, Batman's a fascist. So Batman exists, superheroes exist, but by James Gunn standards, when we get Batman, the brave and the bold, that is an older Batman that's been around the block. So that actually makes sense for that. So it doesn't have to be Ben Affleck's Batman. It could be this new Batman we don't know yet. 
for sure. Yeah, it's I yeah, I mean it's you know there's there's not a whole lot to say. I'm that's really fascinating about the suit. Mm-hmm. Um that I did not know off the top. I knew that like James Gunn had like some little things in there. Like I'm pretty sure I remember reading that like around whenever Blue Beetle was announced or whenever like he was doing like promotional stuff for the Suicide Squad or something mm-hmm. like something around there. Um th- that that has me like instantly more hopeful though just like knowing that. So I I really hope this does well. Um, more than anything, like D- if DC goes under tomorrow, like, okay, fine. The ship is sunk, but like more than anything, I want this to be, um, the, the main character and I'm going to butcher his name. I did not take Spanish in high school. Zolo Maraduena, um, Marad- <laughs> uh, Miguel from Cobra Kai. <laughs> yes. I want this, I want this to be like a super awesome, like breakout hit for him yeah. like i want this to open so many doors for him mm-hmm. because he is a character that I, i've ju- he's a person that i have just grown to love oh, from yeah. cobra kai from uh also he's like a big magic the gathering fan mm-hmm. like he loves playing mtg and they would play mtg on set okay that i'm not going to tangent too far <laughs> but like just everything about him like he's one of us you know he is a fan of these things and I just like, unless an article comes out that he like drowns puppies, like I just want nothing but success and like good fortune to happen yep. to this kid, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I hope did, this can do that for him. I just sent you a picture from behind the scenes. Um, so you could see that the set, or the on set, the costume in the mask and without the mask. It oh, okay. Looks great. Oh, that's, that does look good. That yeah. really looks good. Um, and then one last thing before we move on to our next trailer, um, there was a quick tidbit from Chris Pratt this week, quoted as a headline because Mia Mario came out. So he's making the runs and the headlines. And he commented about, you know, James Gunn and, you know, Guardians three, you know, but that being over and that it's maybe his last time as, as Peter Quill. He's open to coming back, but he's also open to going to the DCU, which instantly spun up fans. We had talked previously before about William Zapka playing booster gold but imagine chris pratt as booster gold i could see that too i think they would have a really good chemistry together and Mm. i know the internet likes to like harp and meme on chris pratt i like because he's like a christian i guess is the like one of the big reasons that i've seen being it but like he's (laughs) always like struck me as like a generally good person like and like to me he'll always be the the goofball andy from parks and rec like at heart, you know, so and um, I, I think I think that would be a really cool thing, especially because like we've very clearly seen that he can be an action star, not even with just Marvel, but like Jurassic World and like all of these other movies that he's in. Yeah. That would be cool. And I mean, you got to figure all of the Guardians cast would probably be open with working with Gunn. Yeah, you know, I would assume forward. so. I, I think we'll probably see Batista at least for sure. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to our next trailer, we got, uh, you know, across the spider verse, the, uh, the, our second trailer, look at it, um, a much more in-depth story trailer. Um, you know, I, I've said on record, I love into the spider verse. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time, period, let alone one of my favorite superhero movies. So to say that I'm excited for, you know, across the spider verse and beyond the spider verse is, is saying something because I'm super, super stoked for it. And I thought this trailer was excellent. Like the animation still superb, the amount of references and cameo like Spider-Man that we got, you know, there's at one point they're doing the, the Spider-Man pointing at each other and there's like 60 <laughs> yeah. of them. It's, it was just so they nailed this tone trailer and I can't wait for this movie. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's really just what happens whenever you give people like Phil Lord and Chris Miller a platform to be like, hey, just like go nuts, dudes. Like they're they're funny. They're genuinely funny. They know what hits. They know how to like mix humor with different things. Like look at the Lego movie. Like, oh, yeah, it was it was a fun, really like it was just a really fun, good time. Criminal Mm -hmm. that it was like not allowed to be up for nominations for best animated movie that year because they had too much live action sequences with like Will Ferrell. Yeah, I know. Right. Like that's just such a dumb like reasoning behind it. Like it wasn't animated enough anyway. um, Yeah. This trailer, like I, I watched this trailer. I'm not going to watch any other promotional material for this because I I don't want to see anything else. I was sold from trailer one, but yeah. this gave us a little bit more context for like what the storyline is really going to be with like, it seems like Spider-Man 2099 is going to be like a, a big antagonist for, for this going in. Uh, and I'm here for it, dude. I'm, I'm so down to just watch this movie and get lost in it. And like, I just love like you, you know, it's one of my favorite movies, let alone comic book movies, let alone animated movies. It's so sick. Yeah. And so like, I'm really excited for the sequel because what I've seen so far does not make me scared of this sequel. It makes me excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that we know we're getting a third very soon after, like they clearly have yeah. a story in mind that they're going to fulfill. And I can't wait to see where they go. Now, two tidbits about this trailer I wanted to talk to you about specifically. So mm-hmm. we get a reference from, um, I believe it was Spider-Man 2099, you know, Oscar Isaac's uh, character about, Doctor Strange and Peter Parker messing up, yeah. you know, and it was like Earth 199999 or something like that. So we had previously heard that they were referring to the MCU as 616, which a lot of comic book and Marvel fans were a little annoyed by that because 616 is the main Marvel comics universe where the majority of comics take place. So you can't have it be that because that universe is taken and otherwise it's a cop out. So to have a new a new designation seemingly for our MCU, I think that's a good retcon to make. I'm interested that it's Sony making that retcon and not Disney, but you know, it's it's fine. That it feels to me almost like it's like Sony is just trying to slide that over home plate. You know, and it's like because like I feel like if you were to ask Feige over at Disney, be like, no, 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 no. The MCU is Earth 616. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And then like Sony is like, no, 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 no. If you like Spider-Man, it is not Earth 616. It's the effing universe that we have with Morbius and the Vulture. Like that's Earth 616. Like get out of here, (laughs) Sony. Get out of here. Like slam the door on your hand so bad that when you go to the emergency room, the only way that you can pay for it is when you break open the piggy bank. It's just a little business card with uh, like Kevin Feige's number on it. And it says, call me if you need me to buy Spider-Man and they have to pay. They have to sell Spider-Man to the MCU in order to afford their medical bills because it's America. And that's the dumpster fire that we live in. Uh, Like, I remember, like, I'm going to go on to, like, a very quick tangent. Very, oh, very quick side. Here we side go. Brace yourself, everybody. Very quick. I remember back in, like, 20, I'm pretty sure this was whenever I still worked at Best Buy. So, like, 2014 or something like that. Um, I remember whenever, like, there were, like, these big Sony email leaks or whatever that were happening at the time. This was, like, leading up to, I'm pretty sure, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 releasing. Okay. 
And I saw these emails leaking and it was like really like bad for Sony's PR for whatever reason. I don't even remember at this point. Uh, but the thing that I remember is like while I was walking to the back of the warehouse to like check to see if we had a TV back there ready to go was I saw the notification on my phone of like, like Sony's in like big trouble because <laughs> of this leak that happened. And I said to myself out loud alone in the warehouse Good. I hope this bankrupts them enough that they have to sell Spider-Man to Marvel. <laughs> like that was my uh, thought. And like just every time we get anything to do with like Spider-Man, like that's still my go-to thought of just like, oh, or, like for Sony rather, like anytime something bad happens to Sony, I'm like, good. Maybe they'll have to sell Spider-Man yeah. just because like, again, like, cause like I've, I've been on record a lot in our podcast history of being very critical of the MCU as of late. Uh, but like, I'd rather be critical of Spider-Man under the MCU umbrella than critical of like this weird contract negotiation. Like, are they going to partner up to let like, will Sony let the Marvel cinematic universe play with Spider-Man, like can Spider-Man come out to play? Like, <laughs> it's like, I would much rather deal with like bad Spider-Man properties under the MCU, just so that it's like for sure connected. And we don't have to worry about like, like when we were worried about like, was no way home even going to happen because Sony was yeah. like, we don't want you to like be able to do anything with them anymore because we made a lot of money and we want to like stick it to you. And Disney was like, bro, come on. Like you, you agreed to like do a trilogy at least. And like, just like th there was a worry that we were not going to get no way mm -hmm. home. And that was like a really fun, fantastic, just lightning in a bottle movie. Yeah. And like the fact that we were so close to not getting it, not because, you know, like of a scandal or like someone's tragic passing or whatever, but because like executives in a boardroom didn't want to play nice together. Um, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. You know? So speaking of No Way Home, my other question for you is, do you think in this movie, whether it be in the main movie or in like a post credit tease, do we get either Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland. I think we're going to get Tom Holland. See, I, um, I, I think you have to get all three or none. I think they're just going to get one. I, I feel like Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire, I, I feel like it's, they're not as relevant, like recently aside from no way home. Whereas Tom Holland is very much like, he is like the Spider-Man mm. of like our generation currently, like uh, our as not like us, because like, I feel like yours is probably still Tobey Maguire. I'm um, I'm an Andrew Garfield stan. Andrew, yeah, I, I, I like Andrew Garfield. I, he, I feel like he gets a lot of flack for things that were not his fault. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's why we do this uh, podcast together. We have similar thoughts. Yeah, but like it's uh, it's I, I, I feel like just like in the generation of like the MCU exists, I definitely feel like Tom Holland is the face of that. So I feel like that would be the one that they would want to lean into. Yeah, especially because he already has such a good working relationship with Sony, like with yeah. Uncharted and like all of these other things. Mm -hmm. That to me seems like the most like just like from a logistic purpose, the easiest person that they could get for like a cameo or yep. a couple of lines here and there. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong in, in that thinking. I just think that because of no way home and Sony specifically owning Spider-Man and knowing that they can use Toby and Andrew easily, 
Um, and I, I do think that we are going to see Toby and Andrew back in some capacity eventually, whether it's Secret Wars or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even in a future Spider-Man movie where they're using the multiverse again, or maybe we even get that hopeful Amazing Spider-Man 3 sequel one day or the return of Andrew Garfield, because in my opinion, Andrew Garfield stole No Way Home. Like he was so he was the best part of that movie. He was so charismatic and I I just want more of him. Dude, the redemption uh, spoilers for No Way Home, I guess. (laughs) If you're listening to this podcast, you've seen that movie. It took over the world at least three times. Yeah, like uh, whenever Andrew Garfield saves Zendaya's character, whenever Tom oh, Holland man. can't, dude, like, and like you could see like Andrew Garfield, like his acting in that moment where like he, you could see the the weight of the world lift off mm-hmm. of his shoulders as as he realized that you know he still could at least save one Peter Parker from, from what happened. Like I, like I teared up yeah. hard in that <laughs> moment. Like, cause it, the characters are just so important yeah. to me. And like, to see that moment, to see him get sort of like that. It's not even revenge, like vindication or, or like redemption. Yeah. Redemption is the word yeah. I'm looking for, mm-hmm. for him to get that redemption in that movie. That was the only thing better than that was, whenever they were like swinging off of each other in the air, that <laughs> yeah. was like one of the sickest things I had ever seen. But like, yeah, yeah just, well, not to yeah, mention I, too, like Andrew Garfield's an amazing actor. He's an Academy oh, yeah. award nominated actor. It never won. I, I last year, uh, tick, tick boom came out on Netflix and uh, I'm a big musical fan. I believe you are as well. And oh, yeah. you know, Andrew Garfield has a heck of a voice Tick, Tick, Boom is based off of Jonathan Larson, the guy who wrote Rent. And it's like a biopic type musical that he wrote for himself before Rent came out. It's a really good story, really good musical. And Andrew Garfield killed it in that movie. I mean, and he was nominated for an Oscar for Hacksaw Ridge. Like He's a great actor. And like Amazing Spider-Man 2, as bad of a movie that is, like it's a very bad movie. One of the coolest Spider-Man suits ever made on film, for sure. And the, the ending of that movie with Gwen's death spoilers for amazing Spider-Man two. Sorry. Um, when Gwen sure that came out in like 2014, yeah, I think it's fine. Safe. It's fine. So when, when she dies, that was so right out of the comic book with her outfit and how she fell. And like when she fell and snapped her neck on the ground, the sound it made then Andrew's reaction to it, it was his acting. Like that is such a, a great scene. And Andrew just got a short end of the stick. That was like the twilight era of everything so like sony's like oh we gotta make it this dark edgy and brooding but andrew's like nah i'm gonna be quippy and i'm gonna be awesome and i i still want him to have another shot but if he if he doesn't get that shot him and no way home definitely made up for it yeah definitely yeah andrew garfield like his spider-man in in those movies i think was one of my favorite portrayals of spider-man because that was very much like like at one point they were fighting electro and like there was like the firefighters with the hose and then like the camera pans over and he's he's at the front of it but like he's not just helping them with the hose he also like he just jacked some dude's (laughs) fireman helmet like that is such a comic book spider-man thing Mm -hmm. to do like he was quippy you know like he Mm -hmm. was the web head and yeah. I really like that portrayal. And yeah, it's it's unfortunate that things went how they did, where like it just it just like kind of went away to die because yeah. I I really enjoyed that portrayal of Spider-Man. He's the um, most comic book accurate Peter we got too. like Peter wasn't 
like Toby Maguire's Peter Parker. Sorry to rant so much about Spider-Man here, guys. But hey, was thirty. Yeah, well, he was thirty, but also he Sam Raimi made that version of Peter Parker basically Clark Kent, like the nerdy kid yeah. in school. That's not Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield was a much more comic book accurate Peter. He was kind of like that smart kid, but he wasn't a genius. He was just kind of like a guy in school. And what happens when that kid gets powers? He's kind of a brooding character. So they nailed it. And then, you know, one thing to piggyback off what you just said about the, the fireman is like, not only did he have their hat, be like high five, the fireman like, he called them by their names. Like he knew he was that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man to a T. So for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite portrayals of Spider-Man in recent memory. I, I really sure. like uh Yuri Lowenthal's Spider-Man from yeah. the insomniac game. Yeah. That's also up there for me. He's very good. So moving on to our last trailer of the week, um, not a comic book based property. Um, instead, it's a, a toy-based property from Mattel. Uh, we got our, our first real look at Barbie. We had a preview before the teaser, but this is our first full dive. And uh, I will tell you right now, before we even get into trailer of the week, this is my trailer of the week. It it was so really? good. I loved it. I've watched it like five times. Okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this trailer as well. I like the humor that we see with like a lot of the different Barbies and Ken's and how mm -hmm. they interact with each other. Um, yeah, this was, this was fun for me. I, I was already, I, I was already like, not like lukewarm, but like, I was like positively associating this trailer. I was like, I'm probably going to see this movie and it's, it's, I think it's going to be like at least fun. Mm. Like it's not going to be a net loss for me in my yeah. time. Um, and like this trailer, I think came out and it like really sealed the deal. It's like, oh, this is going to be a fun movie. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm going to enjoy this whenever it comes out. Do we have yeah. a date for that? Oh, uh, we do, but I don't have it pull up in front of me. I want to say it's July 21st, if I remember right. Okay. But okay. it's it's I know my wife and I made a comment about not being able to see it in theaters because I know it's around that time. You know, our, our mm -hmm. babies do it at the end of June. So we'll probably be taking some time off from the movies there. But, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling is Ken, the main Ken. You have... You know, Simu Liu is it Liu or Liu? Like I always forget. Uh, it, it, it Chinese is not my forte. Um, I've always pronounced it uh, Liu. Yeah, I think it's Simu um, Liu. But Shang Chi from Marvel is one of the Kens, and the back and forth between him and Ryan Gosling was incredible. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Gosling is one of my favorite actors. One of my favorite movies ever is La La Land, and you know Ryan Gosling. Oscar nominated for that. Didn't win it that year. Emma Stone won for that movie, but not him. Uh, I, I love Ryan Gosling. And like the end of the trailer, when he pulls out his rollerblades out of the car, like it just, it was so fun. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we'll beat you off right now. If I wasn't hurt, we'd be beat you off. It. He's like, oh no, you can't do that. And then you have Michael Sarah pop up for a second. It's like, okay, this is going to be a good time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. It, it, that scene specifically where they were talking about like, beating each other off essentially that had like that immediately hearkened me to like 21 jump street with yeah. Channing Tatum and mm -hmm. Jonah Hill um like Jonah Hill we know is like primarily a comedic actor and Channing Tatum we just kind of assume is a meathead but like he is low-key one of the funniest individuals that you will ever like 
like if you ever have the chance to meet him or like work with him, he is so I say that as if I have, but like just watching him, like he has such a good sense of humor and he is just like so like low key funny. And it really reminded me of that because like at one point he was talking about like beating a criminal's dick off. And they like it was a whole joke that like went on and Julius is like, no, 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 no. What he, he's not going to like, you know, he's. He's talking, he's going to beat you so hard in that region that your dick is just going to fall off. Like it's, it's not like, and it's just, it was very, it immediately made me reminisce to that. And like, I really liked 21 Jump Street, uh, like the humor in that movie. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very excited to see that just because it seems like Greta and everyone involved, like they, they know what they're making and yeah. they're really leaning into it and having fun. So I gave my trailer of the week, which I think shocked you. So I'm assuming that's not your pick, uh, but what was your trailer of the week? I'm torn because I think if we're just like, it's, if we're talking about like the trailer that I think it like gave us the most to show on a thing, it would be Barbie just because like the first one, it was just sort of like that, like the dawn of man music and like the, the little girls like breaking the Barbie dolls. Mm. Um, so like, I think we got the most information from this and I feel like it'll sway the most people that were like either on the fence or not going to see it to maybe go see it now. Um, but like in my heart, I think that blue beetle wins for me solely because like, please let this movie be good. (laughs) The DC, they need the the DC, like the Nintendo, the DC (laughs) needs a win. They they desperately need a win. And I don't know if they can hold out for whenever the new Superman 2025 movie or whatever, or like whenever, whatever the first one on the docket is like that yeah. hits like the silver screen. I don't know if we can wait that long. So I desperately hope that this is a win so that we can wash the foul taste of Black <laughs> Adam out of our mouths. Not even Shazam or the Flash or the Aquaman movie coming, even those even though those I think are coming out after or whatever, but like, just like I still have the bad taste of black Adam in my mouth. And that came out like last October and it's still just like noodling around in just terms (laughs) of like hateful vitriol in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I almost picked blue beetle until Barbie came out. And I think Barbie for me, the reason why it was just so unexpectedly awesome. So I just, Blue Beetle definitely sold me on that movie. I can't wait to see it. And overall, I'm most excited still for Spider-Verse because of just the first one being so good. And I know two was going to be a, a gangbuster you know, movie. But yeah, Blue Beetle has me excited, even though I don't think the movie will be great. I just hope it's fun. You know, like you've said in the past, like, just let it be fun. Come on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, you don't have to, like, I'm not expecting you to, like, go for an Academy Award for, like, Best Actor or Best Director. I just want it to be fun. I just want it to be a net positive in terms of, was this worth the price of, like, the ticket? Was it worth my time of, like, going there and coming back? And was it worth me trying to find parking in the Bay Area? (laughs) Like, if it can be, if it can be all of those things, and I come out of and be like, this was worthwhile, then I'll be happy. You know, like that's all I want. I just want it to be fun. I don't want it to be black Adam. Please don't be black Adam. All right. So moving on to our reviews for the week, we both saw some movies this past week. Um, I was able to watch Tetris, which we released on Friday on Apple TV plus starring Taron Egerton or Egerton Egerton, whatever you want to call him. 
Um, I love that guy. He's, he's so he's he's great. You know what? He is, but he couldn't save that movie. Yeah, that's and that uh, so up front, I will say um, I struggled really hard with this movie. It's I had to watch it. I think in three sittings, I, I got up because I was Ooh. bored and I I paused it halfway through one point, thinking I was at the end and it was only halfway. And that's a sign of just a not well made movie, or at least for me. And I I don't want to come off super negative because again, you know, like Taron Egerton's awesome. He's very charismatic. The story of how Tetris was made and how all that happened was great, but I think it would have been better as a documentary. Like it just, it didn't, Mm. it didn't have the, the budget or the care, like the music, which was Tetris inspired came off like knockoff stranger things. It just, it wasn't well done and it didn't keep my interest and it, it, it pains me to say this, but I, I had to give this movie like a six, which is in my book. And I think yours as well. Just OK. I don't regret watching it, but like it could have been way better. Yeah, that that's sad that. Uh, yeah, I it, was looking forward to watching that. And now I'm just kind of like, Ugh. honestly, maybe I'll just. Yes, yeah. you could probably skip it. I mean, if you really want to know what happened, sure. Just go to Wikipedia, you know, like I'll watch the movies in minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like the trailer for that movie was so hype when they announced it, like when they revealed like Game Boy in the trailer, it was so well done. And in the movie, it just fell completely flat. Like it just oh. it's it goes to show that sometimes trailers are better than their movies. And this is a, a big case of that. So that's really all I had to say about Tetris. Like if you liked it, I'm glad you did. You know, it's for those out there who did. I'm kind of in line with the critics. I, I saw like mm-hmm. the meta scores like at sixty percent, uh, or overall audience scores mm-hmm. kind of higher than that. Um, Rotten Tomatoes is okay. It's not an impressive movie. I don't think it's going to be an Oscar-nominated movie by any means. Even though like Taron Egerton, you know, recently was nominated for Rocket Man, he's definitely not getting nominated for this movie. The supporting cast was boring. Like I don't know any of the actors in the movie, nor do I hope I see them ever again. That's terrible oh, to say. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. It's I don't want to be negative, but it's it was that bad stop, for me. Stop. He's already dead. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think uh, our, our next movie here that uh, Jack got to see um, will, I'm assuming, going to have some much po- more positive thoughts than I had on Tetris. So take it away. Yeah. So I saw Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves over the weekend with my wife and you assume dead wrong. It was off. No, I'm joking. I love this movie. This was fun. Yeah. Um, You've been hyping up for a little while, you know, basically saying that it was going to be good beforehand. So I'm glad that you ended up liking it. Yeah, 100 percent. And like, yeah, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score right now. So this movie has been out for like almost a full week now to the general public. Um, And it's sitting at a 91 uh, critic, 94 audience score. Like it, it, this movie does not break the wheel. It does not redesign anything. It is like, generally speaking, it is very like paint by numbers, but not in a boring way. Um, The plot is there to service what is essentially us watching a live action D and D campaign unfurl Mm. and all of the things that like, if you play D and D, you know, like you go into D and D, 
hoping that it's going to be Lord of the Rings, but it very quickly turns into Monty Python <laughs> in like the best kind of way. And like this, this entire time, like in this movie, I would say probably like 90 something percent of like every joke and funny moment hit. And like, it was just, it was really well done. Um, the special effects overall, I thought were really, really well done. Um, the acting was great. It had one of the best surprise cameos. I've heard there was a cameo. I don't know who it is. So no spoilers here, but I heard I it was great. It. But it was so funny. And like, I remember whenever it happened, like a lot of people in our audience, we were kind of like squinting our eyes and we were like, is, is that, is that so and so like, is no, no, there's no way. And then like the camera goes back to the character of like, it is, it is that person. And like, it's just, it was, it was really funny. And like the cameo, like it was funny to see this actor in the movie, but it was also re a really funny scene overall. And it like, it had some like follow-up jokes that like went the rest of the way of that movie. Nice. That was really well done. Um, It was, yeah, I, I, I was trying, you know, I'm trying to tell people like, Hey, this isn't going to like, this isn't Citizen Kane. We're not going <laughs> to redefine movies here or anything, which by the way, while I acknowledge Citizen Kane did a lot to like advance cinema as a whole, just one of the worst movies. So boring, you know, but anyway, um, <laughs> this is not the Citizen Kane in terms of like, it's not redefining like what a movie is, but it was a really fun time. It was really good. You don't have to be a fan of D&D &D to go into this movie and enjoy it. If you just like fantasy in general, you will like this movie, like borderline, like you will like it at a minimum, love it, like at a, you know, on the higher end, you know, like if you're not into D and D and you watch this, who knows, maybe you'll get into it. Maybe you'll try. And that'd be pretty cool because like they've been going since the eighties and it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the acting I thought overall was really cool. Um, the story made sense, the action choreographies and a lot of the things that were going on were funny. Um, what was his name? The Baron from, um, uh Regé Jean whatever uh the the guy Cage? from yeah, yeah the guy from uh Bridgerton Bridgerton that was it yeah the baron from or the duke from B yeah. Bridgerton mm. the duke that's a, that's such a cool title um <laughs> dude he killed it and like he was like you could tell he was doing a lot of like the the fight works for the stuff that he was in and yeah i am immediately on like your side of just like how has like a big giant like parental company not scooped him up and like plastered his face on the front of a, a major action like superhero or just like just major action franchise it's like, got to be coming it, right it has to be it has to dude he was so cool in this movie and i'm like, telling you reed richards right there i think that's that that's who i think i want either reed or dr doom either one i don't care because both are so important but he could he could do either one Oh, that'd be interesting. Oh, man, that's another episode right there. Uh, but yeah, but like, yeah, he was great. Chris Pine. Fantastic. Always. Like he he is he is so good at just coming off as just naturally charismatic and funny. Like it is sometimes it's hard to even say that what he does is acting versus him just showing up and being himself. Like, like and I mean that as a compliment, like he is so effortlessly funny and just so effortlessly like 
fun to watch just in everything that he does, let alone in this movie, especially because he's playing a bard, which is already <laughs> just like a meme of a character class as it is. Like it is a face. It is like a jokey joke type of thing. Um, Michelle Rodriguez, um, Letty from the Fast and the Furious movies, she had some really funny lines and, and some banger dialogue that you would hope from a barb. Um, what's his name? Justice Smith. He was mm. really funny. I thought he was. Yeah, he was he was really funny for it as well. And like, yeah, just everyone in this movie, like it was a good time. Go see this movie. Like I was telling you two weeks ago, like, guys, they don't drop reviews for a movie this early <laughs> unless it's good. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, it is. It is fun. Go see this movie. It is. I, I guarantee you, you will not be worse for it. Like, yeah. net equal at the very worst case scenario. So what's your uh, what's your review score for this movie? I would give it an eight. It okay. was it That's was fair. Uh, it was. Well, actually, hold on. Based off of like the review score that we were going over, I would give it a seven. It okay. is a it is a critical seven. So it's good. Uh, but in my heart, it's like a high eight. It is it is great. Like for me personally, because I love like comedy, I love fantasy. I love those types of things. Like I'm very much the fantasy guy, not so much the sci fi guy. Mm -hmm. um, so this checked a lot of boxes for me, let alone the fact that I'm familiar with like the D&D like, you know, franchise. Mm. Um, it's a it's a hard eight for me. Um, but like critic, like just like objectively, it's it's good. I'd give it a seven. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. You should awesome. go see it. Yeah, I don't think I'll have a chance to see it in theaters just because there's so much else out right now. I really want to see Air, but I don't think I'm going to have time for that one. That looks really fun. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, playing basketball as a kid. I'm, I'm tall, so it kind of came with the territory. And I like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon together. And Air seems so like it'd be a pretty fun time. So I, I do want to see that. Probably won't get to, but the big one for next week for me is Mario, uh, which the reviews did drop. Um, so this is a moment that comes down to a couple things, right? You have a, a video game property being made into a movie for a massive audience, a character that's never really spoken more than the few words. So how do you make a movie about Mario and have Chris Pratt play him? Well, apparently you make a movie that the critics don't like and the fans love because 55% Rotten Tomatoes for the critics and 95% so far, which is early for the audience score. Every video game outlet that's reviewed this movie praises it. Eights or higher. Um, it doesn't seem like the non-Mario fans are liking it very much, but from everything I've gathered from reviews is if you are a Mario fan, this movie is for you. It's loaded with Easter eggs and charm and character, and it's beautiful. So I'm super stoked to see it. We'll have our full review next week. But did you? what do you think about those reviews, Jack? Yeah, this is pretty much in line with what I was like, not expecting, but yeah. like, like the the critic side, I was expecting the audience side. I was hoping for, mm -hmm. you know, like I, again, like it doesn't have to redesign movies like this is an animated movie based off of granted one of the most popular video game franchises ever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, so like the it, biggest like, mascot character in the world. Yeah, like. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to like I don't need Shakespeare. I just want it to be fun. And like, it seems like they really took their time to make sure that like 
for fans of the property, it will like honor that and honor these characters. And like you were saying, like, it seems like it's got a lot of like cool, like callbacks and Easter eggs and references to different things to where like, if you're not a fan of the franchise, maybe you won't get all of them, but I feel like they're probably not going to fall flat. But if you are a fan of these franchise, if you've played any of these games, I feel like this is going to be like a really cool hype moment for, for us. And like, like, honestly, that like, that's all we need mm -hmm. from a really big budget, like very well marketed, you know, video game adaptation movie. We are coming hot off the heels of The Last of Us. Uh, we've got this movie coming out. We even had Dungeons and Dragons. It's a little bit of reach, but it's based off of like a tabletop RPG. Um, so like, you know, historically video game adaptations are just adaptations of that nature. Generally they suck. Like, well, and yeah. like I say that is usually I'm a fan of whatever the franchise is and the movies suck. Like they have had such a bad rep for such a long time in Hollywood that they're basically toxic. And, you know, like we've gotten some better ones recently, like the Sonic movies, I think performed pretty admirably and they mm -hmm. were like, they were fun. Yeah. Um, like Detective Pikachu, I thought was also a pretty good foray in that. They got Ryan Reynolds to voice Pikachu <laughs> in that, like, come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, these recent things, like, I think we're finally making good progress towards getting rid of that stigma of like video game adaptations are bad or like video games are dumb and for children only because that is just what like the general population of people that wouldn't consider themselves gamers like that is like that is what they see they see michael fassbender's assassin's creed you know like that is that is like their dip into video <laughs> like oh this is like what you like have been raving me to go see like this sucks and it's like yeah it does because they didn't like they didn't pay attention they didn't try and it seems like they try here so i'm very excited to see this next week the only reason i'm not seeing it this weekend is because my wife is out of town and it's rated really highly so she was like oh if it's rated highly i want to go see it with you but if it's not then just go see it on your own and then the reviews dropped and i'm like oh i have to wait a week yeah i honestly was originally planning on seeing it tonight you know i told my wife as well hey if, if it reviews well we should go see it but once i found out you weren't seeing it this week i was like you know what? i'm going to wait that way next week in the podcast, we have fresh minds to talk about it. So I think we're actually going to wait till like Monday night to go see it. That way the crowds die down a little bit. You know, it shouldn't be as bad. And uh, I'm I'm excited to see it. I, I, I didn't expect it to break the mold, but I was hoping for it at least to be certified fresh, like from the critics. Um, it was close. I mean, it still could climb technically a little bit higher, but 55%. I think 60% is the baseline for that. Is it 60% or 65%? 60. Okay. So it could get there. Um, it would just be nice to kind of validate it that it should exist not only for fans, but also for the outside people. But I mean, it's not a critic based movie. Most kids movies aren't reviewed like that. It's, it's rare, especially like your minions types movies, they get destroyed usually. So it is kind of to be expected, but I'm excited. We can, you know, talk next week. We'll probably do, you know, our general thoughts like we did for the last of us and then go into some spoilers for the cameos and, Easter eggs and stuff like that, which I'm assuming we'll have plenty of from everything I've heard. Yeah. Everything that I've seen from like the marketing material of this, it seems like there's a lot of references. Like there's probably going to be references that I don't even get. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm a Nintendo kid. Like that was my console as a child. I wasn't like into like, I didn't have a PlayStation one or two. I had a Nintendo 64 and then like later, like a GameCube. And like, I was just, like, that was like my childhood. 
um, until like, you know, I got into adulthood and could like buy more than, you know, just like the Christmas console. Right. Um, you know, I totally get where you're coming from with like wanting the critic to like be up there a little bit. Um, but like ultimately the thing that is going to really determine this thing's fate are, are the box office numbers. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if the audience numbers are those high, that is pretty like, that is, that's great. You know, like that is going to be the big thing that is going to get word of mouth out there to get more people to see this. It is a family oriented movie. So you're going to have multiple tickets, you know, statistically being sold with like each person is like people are like bringing kids or grandkids or anything like that it's probably like i hope that it's going to have strong legs um but yeah we'll we'll see what happens with the opening weekend just because like little inside baseball for you generally speaking whatever a movie does on its opening weekend that is basically going to be half of whatever the movie makes for the entirety of its like domestic run Um, so like if it, like the higher that number, the better, because like, there's always going to be a huge drop off. So like really hope that we get some, some big, uh, numbers here. People bringing out the families on the weekend and we will, we will, we will see. Now I know kids movies historically have longer tails though than normal movies, right? Cause they can statistically. Yes. So, I mean, they, they generally do better. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, and it plus with this one being, you know, Japanese based, it should do well in other markets as well, besides just the U S. So I think the Mm -hmm. worldwide box office should be pretty good. So, uh, I mean, that about wraps up all of our news topics. Uh, we didn't talk in the beginning of the podcast, like we normally do about what, what we've been up to and what we're going to be doing the following week. So uh, just really quickly, you know, like what was your last week like? What have you been up to? Um, you should go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, OK. Yeah. yeah. I uh, let's see. I, I've been trying. So because of this podcast, it's kind of reinvigorated uh, my love for movies. And I'm trying to go back and watch things I've missed out on or like blind spots. And I'm talking movies I own. I literally paid money to buy and never watched. So um, stuff like uh, over the weekend, my wife and I watched Knives Out, not Glass Onion, but Knives Out. And I hadn't seen it before. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I was telling Jack this yesterday, but I watched uh, Mission Impossible 3. Uh, (laughs) You know, after Ghost Protocol, those movies have been pretty great. But before that, they're kind of kind of bad. And Mission Impossible 3 was a pretty rough movie to watch with a modern lens. Uh, I, I struggled to get through that one, but I did. And here's a, a point of shame for me. Uh, I have not seen mission impossible fallout yet. Um, bro, I no, know, dude, yeah. that would have so good. I know, I know, I know. I, uh, get Henry Cavill, like yeah, reloading his arms. Yeah. So I've owned the movie for like two years, probably. Um, I just watched rogue nation like six months ago. Oh my gosh. So I, I mission impossible. Fallout is my next one because, you know, Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out this summer. I want to go see that when it comes out. I think, I like I said, since Ghost Protocol, they've been great. But um, I did finish Severance um, shortly after the podcast last week. And you were right, that that cliffhanger. Man, I was, I was so stressed out. The last 30 seconds of that episode, I was just like, I didn't breathe. <laughs> yeah, so. just so much tension and anxiety watching yeah. that. Such a great show. Yeah, it's worth the Apple TV Plus subscription. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you could find a free trial somewhere yeah. if you just want to watch like this and Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Like, 
go watch it. Severance was so good. And yeah. like, obviously Ted last, like we're big fans of that. Yeah. Uh, Apple TV is bringing it, but yeah, like they mark are. my words, Apple TV plus that, that is, that is going to be a streaming service to look at, be on the lookout for in yeah. terms of like, Oh, they're bringing heat. Yeah. It's cheap too, which is nice. And shrinking's on right now, which is another bill Lawrence show. So Harrison Ford, Jason Siegel. Um, you know, I have been watching Mandalorian and, um, Shoot, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't know what it is. And I feel weird saying this, but Ted Lasso is not really bringing the quality of the past two seasons for me. Um, I, I thought maybe it was just the first episode because I enjoyed episode two and episode three was funny, but something just feels off with this season and I can't really put my finger on it. Hmm. I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be the last season of Ted Lasso there. Yeah. So one of my best friends is a huge Ted Lasso fan. It's probably honestly his favorite show of all time now because he just loves it that much. And he had said, you know, they originally were planning on three seasons, but Apple hasn't specifically said this is the final. And I, I would be shocked at this point. They had, since they haven't announced it, it would end. Plus it does very well for them. So I could see it end, but I could also see it go for a, another year or one more season, probably two more years. But it, it just uh, are you caught up on the show? Uh, no. So like, again, wife's out of town, so mm. I, I won't. Well, be I meant for uh, for last new... week, episode three. Last week, I'm caught up. Yeah. Did you like that episode? Like it was it was kind of longer and I didn't really like the Zava character. That was a little overdone. I, I loved the Zava character <laughs> just because he was like such a meme of he like was. what like of like what normies assume soccer like <laughs> players are like. Yeah. Um. And, but I, I will say the pacing of that episode definitely caught me off guard. I was not expecting them to cover like as many, like sort of like mini time skips as they did. It was like, like six games, right? Games. Yeah. I was not expecting that. I thought they were going to take their time. So that mm -hmm. that's what like led me to look up and it's like, is this the final season? Cause like, it seems like they're pacing themselves to like really try to like cram a lot more in there. Yeah. Like, it seems like they're just like. Oh guys, we're running out of runway. We gotta like we gotta wrap up storylines now because yeah. this is it. Um, what, what I will like say, the impression I got. So what I do like about this season so far, and it's it's the Game of Thrones effect, right? I am convinced at this point, if you name a character Jamie, they're going to go on a redemption arc because you know that's how <laughs> Game of Thrones was with Jamie until the end. Unfortunately, we don't talk about Game of Thrones finale, but uh, Jamie Tart starts off as a, a little prick you know, and has grown over the last three seasons. And now he's my favorite part of that show. And he's so good. And he, like, he's going through a hard time. Like you feel for him and that's, that's good writing right there. And I'd still enjoy Roy, but I'm not really enjoying Keely this season. And I just, I don't, I don't know, like something seems off and I really hope that's what they're going for. Like, I, I feel like they're trying to cause tension and have everyone separated to maybe all rally together in the end. Cause right now it's just not really doing it for me. And that pains me to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I think it's, you know, obviously we're three episodes in, I'm pretty sure it's only like nine episodes or something like uh, that. It's That's 12 this Apple year. Does. Oh, it's 12 this year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We got a little bit more runway, but yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Cause it's like, like we've only got so many episodes to cover. And especially if this is the final season, it's like, okay guys, like let's not dwell on this too much. Like let's, let's start like converging here. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I still have faith 
in like the show as yeah. a whole, you know, like maybe they lost their footing a little bit here, but I, th- I think overall, you know, I'm still like ready for it. Um, yeah, I agree. What have I been doing? Um, uh, uh, you know, I've been doing things. I've been <laughs> getting, staying caught up on things like you, um, mm. Had some job situation stuff happen though, so that's kind of been eating up a lot of like my free time for it. Um, so I don't have like a whole lot to be able to really add to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving forward, got a very packed week next week. Okay, what, what are you seeing? All right, so next Friday, I'm seeing Suzume, which is the new Makoto Shinkai uh, Japanese animated film. Mm-hmm. So um, for any of you normies out there, do yourself a favor. And go to like, what's what's a pirating website? Do those exist still? I haven't pirated stuff in a very long time. I don't know. Go <laughs> onto Apple TV or the Amazon store or your local block blister and like <laughs> rent the movie Your Name by oh, Makoto yeah. Shinkai. Okay. Um, like it, it is such a fantastic movie. Um, his second, like really like big one that got attention in the West was weathering with you also great, not as good as your name to me, but still really good. Uh, and I admire characters for sticking to their guns in that movie. When you see it, you'll know what I mean. Was, uh, uh, this is his third one. Was your name the one that the dub was done with Daisy Ridley? Oh, uh, I don't know. I watched dubs primarily i I just i haven't seen it but i feel like i saw like the dvd or the blu-ray in a store and i saw her name on it i feel like that was that one i know she did a anime movie at one point i don't know what what it was let's see did daisy ridley your name (laughs) or google come on google take the uh okay google is letting me down here just in the your name dub voice cast <laughs> we're gonna figure this out everybody all right the that just gave me all of the japanese cast that is fantastic <laughs> uh maybe it was daisy ridley i couldn't tell you off the top of my head yeah but it's a fantastic movie and like it, oh it, it was not Shinkai it was uh was only not. yesterday oh uh, i'm not familiar with that yeah one. me neither sorry about that guys for the little tangent there oh yeah, that was cool. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, like uh, this person is a very good filmmaker. So like I've been very excited to see this movie for a while. So is my wife, because like your name was like such a fun time. Like that was one that we borrowed from one of her coworkers at the time. And we like watched it at home. And like after that, it was like a month before weathering with you, like hit theaters. So like we went to like a theater that was out of the way in order to go see that one in theaters because we fell in love with this filmmaker. And like, yeah, like go see this movie if you can, if you are at all interested in like animated feature films, um, because I, I Makoto take the wheel, you know, like that's mm-hmm. where we're at. <laughs> Um, I'm also uh, actually this week, so not next weekend, that comes out next weekend, but this weekend I'm also going to go see Air, um, which you were talking about how you wanted to see it, and Mm. I am going to go see it because uh, my wife isn't like a sports person really at all, so it's just like she's out of town and it's like, you know what I can go see this weekend? air with ben affleck and matt damon and jason bateman like and i'm pretty sure viola davis is in that she's michael's mom yeah sick uh so i'm seeing that very excited to see that um next weekend also seeing renfield 
the oh yeah the Nicholas Nicholas Cage Dracula movie that looks fun and that has like Aquafina in it I think too is like a cop uh that movie looks like it's hopefully gonna be fun uh and then yeah the Super Mario movie which time will tell on that but yeah like yeah so we got a like a, a very heavy movie week for me going forward here and uh I'll, I'll probably also I think I'm gonna finally bust open Octopath Traveler too. Nice. Because I've I've got just enough time to start hopefully playing that and complete it before Jedi Fallen Order. So so you and I talked off air the other night about how I need to finish God of War Ragnarok because again, mm-hmm. I have a baby due, you know, a couple months in June. Prime. And uh so I had told you, hey, I'm off this Friday. I'm going to play God of War Ragnarok. Well, guess what I did last night? <gasps> Your PS5 caught on fire. No, no, I actually I brought oh, okay. I brought it back upstairs to the living room just because it's easier to play. Than, I have my PC in the basement and it's set up down here, so it's it's much more work to come down here. I know it sounds silly, but uh, so I brought it back upstairs and instead of playing God of War last night, I I restarted no. Jedi Jedi Fallen Order. Bro, <laughs> no, why would you do this? So okay, so for some context here, I have not beaten Jedi Fallen Order. I, I need you haven't been no, Ragnarok either. I, I know, I know. But like Star Wars is on the brain right now with the Mandalorian and the Jedi Survivor sub looks great. I want to try and get that story done. I know it's a short game, so I'm just gonna plow through it. Uh I I, I dropped it to like normal mode, so I'm not gonna like be challenged by the fighting. I just want to get through the narrative to have it done. And it's one of those games too where I feel like if my wife is watching me play Star Wars, she'll be fine. But I don't know how much she'll enjoy watching me play God of War and just murdering the heck out of all these creatures. As opposed to Cal, who is just like mur- just slaughtering Imperial scum by you know, the hundred. They probably deserved it, though, right? So, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's debatable. You know, I've always been more on the Imperial side. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, rebel scum. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, how could you do this? Guy? I, I know, no. I know. So, because uh, I think it's like a 12 hour game. So it should be pretty quick to blast through. I still have like 30 hours of Ragnarok left. So, for, for context, everyone, Kyle is what we would call a unicorn in uh, the gaming world because he has A, not beaten Ragnarok. Uh, but B, he has also somehow not been spoiled of mm-hmm. Ragnarok. And yeah. it's like just like every single day that passes by that he hasn't beaten Ragnarok, he is just <laughs> spitting in the face of whatever <laughs> god or pagan like <laughs> cult he believes in. And like eventually they're going to smite him down. Yep. And like oh, y- you hope that they just, you know, that they are merciful and they just kill him. Rather than spoil Ragnarok for him, hey, like, that's you know, no hope. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. What, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I have. Let's see. Today is my watch is dead. Um, today is April fifth. I have uh, just over two months before my baby arrives. So, you know, maybe I'll get both knocked out. That was my goal. Actually, I, I told my wife this like two or three months ago. I'm like, hey, I have two games that I own. And I want to try and get them done before the baby comes, because obviously once the baby comes, it's going to be a lot harder to keep up with things like that, at least for a a good while. But uh, my goal is to have both of them done before June. Do we want to put some money on the line for this? Because I feel pretty confident (laughs) that you will not. You know, maybe off the air, we'll talk about some uh, some betting here. Maybe we'll see. Okay, here. (laughs) I'm going to throw this out there. If this podcast can get 
five listens. This episode of the podcast can get five listens. You will be legally obligated to name your child Dream Killer because hey. that is what that child will be a little dream killer. Five so, listens, everybody. You know, <laughs> it's a tall order, but I believe in you. You know, you see our analytics. You know, we have more than five listeners. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it depends on the episode. And I, I've, <laughs> yeah, five listens. <laughs> you know what? Take the bet, coward. You know, what have you got to lose? Hey, we usually average like 15 just day one alone. So that's if maybe if you said 50 listens, then I would, you know, consider. But that's still pretty intense. One hundred <laughs> listens. Ah, my wife would literally kill me. Yeah, but like the question is, is she going to kill you before or after you get spoiled on Ragnarok? But um. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think on that note, that about wraps up this week's episode. You know, until next week, where maybe I'll have God of War spoiled for me or not. Maybe Jack will randomly just text me the ending one day, just to spite me. <laughs> Who knows? Only time will tell. Yeah, I'm chaos personified. So, like, and like my wife isn't here to stop me from like acting on my impulses. So, like, I could do anything, you guys. <laughs> Uh, pray for me, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. My name's Kyle. And I'm Chaos. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>